0: This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song song podcast. Episode 079, The Diary of Horace Wimp.
1: Late again today, he'd be in trouble, though he'd say he was sorry.
2: He'd have to hurry out to the bus. Horace what's so sad He'd never had a girl that like he could
1: care for And if it was late once more He'd be out Uh-oh Don't be afraid Just knock on the door Well, he just stood there mumbling and fumbling Then a voice from above said Respect, this is your life have a great life can
0: do what's that song all about
2: <phone ringing> the diary of Horace wimp is the fourth song on discovery in the liner notes for the 2000 box set Flashback. Jeff Lynne wrote,
0: It's a story about someone who's a bit of a twit and could never get anything done. But finally, a happy ending. There's no Saturday because every Saturday is a football match.
2: In the liner notes for the 2001 remaster of Discovery, Jeff wrote,
0: A song about a lucky lad who somehow defies the odds and gets the girl. Really wild use of the vocoder.
2: In the June 6th, 1979 Capital Radio interview by Roger Scott, Jeff said,
1: "Will you?" Conscious on that, this is your Beatles song on the album. It's more just the, the sound of it, really. You know, I'm a Beatles maniac. And I don't feel ashamed to, to say that I'm you know, inspired by that sort of thing.
2: In the October 24th, 2005, Stylus Online Magazine, Dom Passantino wrote...
0: No, The Diary of Wimp wasn't by Supertramp.
2: You can do it! Hi, I'm Eric Wincensen.
0: And I'm Eric Paul Johnson.
2: And we reach... The Diary of Horace Wimp. Are we really supposed to be reading this thing? I mean, um, we kind of promised we would give him his space and everything, you know?
0: That might be one of the issues I have with this song. Jeff Flynn apparently raided this nice guy's diary and put it out there for everybody to see. Not cool, Jeff. Not cool.
2: True. Yeah. Okay, let's see. How does it begin? Did dibbi dop did dop Oh, no. Skip that part. And, well, hey, it looks like our friend Horace is going to be getting a little...
0: It's about damn time too
2: yes it is and mm-hmm. uh it's about damn time that jeff lynn just completely went you know i love the beatles screw it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i really love the white album and i'm gonna do a song that would be like something would be on the white album if the beatles had stuck together and did it 10 years later
0: and weren't completely wasted on acid.
2: Exactly. In fact, even more than the Beatles, I get a really kind of late 60s Canterbury psychedelic gist from this. Since he wasn't one of those nice little late 60s psychedelic bands called the Idol Race, that he was very, very, very familiar with this scene because even though the Beatles influenced it, a lot of these bands took the sound and ran with it not as high-fi as the Beatles but a lot of times about as creative and since they didn't have the resources they got even more creative in some cases <laughs> yeah. and it was this whole sound that unfortunately skipped America because psychedelic music in America was completely and totally different than what came out of England we kind of followed the Stones a bit more than we did the Beatles on that end
0: yeah, we had Green Tambourine and uh, Dizzy.
2: That's Bubblegum. <laughs> yes, that's
0: bubblegum psychedelia.
2: I'm so. thinking more about the Bubble Puppy <laughs> yeah. and the 13th Floor Elevators and Chocolate Watch Band and all that kind of stuff than, yes. uh, than stuff on Buddha Records there. Mm-hmm. But I've always liked this song because as soon as it came on, I was going, oh, my God, this is complete throwback to the 60s, except he's updated it with all the 70s technology and everything. and. Mm-hmm. Since he's such a Beatles fan in the first place, it works. It's too bad there's not more stuff throughout the yellow discography that's like this.
0: Yeah, I have, like, instantly, when I first saw the video back in 79 or 80, whenever, I, this is just a freaking Stone Cold Awesome song. There's almost nothing bad that I can say about it. I'll get to the almost later. But... The music is fantastic, I like that little orchestra opening there, that's pretty cool. It's nice that Jeff found a good way to use the vocoder. It works good when you use it for scatting. Trying to sing words or say words It doesn't seem to work, since most of the vocodering on Out of the Blue is like, I don't understand what you're saying. And somebody has to tell you what they're saying, and even though you know what they're saying, you still, I'm sorry. I still hear Kung Kung Pow." The tune is catchy. It's a fun little bouncy song. I love it when the voice from above just blows in and takes over the, like, just sonically assaults your ears in a good way. I love the ending with the choir singing the days of the week. It just builds and just comes to a big, loud, wonderful ending fade off. And it's I freaking, freaking, absolutely freaking love the song.
2: Is it just me? And it might just be because of being kind of a Bonzo Dog doodah band fan as well, but that chorus at the end, you always picture a bunch of British cops see? <laughs> one of their policemen's choirs.
0: You know, I haven't, because I don't know much about Bonzo Dog, you know, just what I've heard on Dr. Demento, but now that you bring it up, Yeah, I can kind of see that. I do see a bit of Bonzo Doggish in there, too.
2: Because that always makes me think of that, because the same with when the Beatles did I Am the Walrus, Mm -hmm. because it sounds like this kind of authority- Yes. Sounding British voice coming in, what's all this then? And then doing the entire choral part on there. Yeah. That's what I like about British Psychedelia in the first place, is that it was so much different, and it was, well- foreign. Everybody tries to look at the similarities between us and the country that basically populated us for the most part, but it's still, there's a huge culture gap. And I mean, I know that if you're British, you're going to get something completely different out of it. But if you're Mm -hmm. American, you're, well, I should say United States, that you are getting something completely, completely out of the ordinary from it that you don't usually hear in American pop music. Yeah. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, this didn't get a release uh, as a single in the United States.
0: No, which was a foolish thing to do. It's a great damn song. Even though, as much as I love the song, there is one beef that I have always, and I mean always since the first listening had, with this song. And every time I get into this rant in my head when, when I hear it, believe me, even I'm thinking, lighten up, Nancy, it's just a song. So... It's pretty clear that Horace has social anxiety disorder. He's a very introverted, shy person. Whether I want to or not, there are many traits Horace has that I can more than empathize with. Tardiness isn't one of them, but the social anxiety? Oh yeah, I get freight trains of that. The world is geared towards the extroverted. Introverts are dismissed as wussy loners who have no backbone to get anything done. Nobody bothers to look past the shell into the yolk. They don't bother to see the intestinal fortitude it takes for people like Horace, or me, to get out of the house and deal with people. The world is infested with people who have perpetually shown the Horaces in the world that since we don't make noise, we don't matter. Trust me, we pick up on the vibes being sent out that we are social misfits. So really, why would we want to step out into that world? But we have to. We need to work buy food, go to school. We already feel like insignificant dust motes. And on top of the anxiety, Horace has chronic depression. Again, I get you, Horace. Right there with you, brother. Then Jeff comes along and piles on by giving a shy introvert the surname Wimp and calling him a twit in interviews. Does not help the already battered worthiness a depressed introvert feels or the public image of the shy. We may not be muscle-bound or a fireball of energy, but trust me, every social interaction is like Indiana Jones walking through a long hall packed with snakes. But we slog through because we have to. And that's not the actions of a wimp. So that's my little beef with the song. But otherwise, I could listen to this thing a thousand times a day for the rest of my life and never get tired of it.
2: It doesn't help that Horace, even in the 1970s, was not something that you wouldn't actually name somebody there were I don't I don't think there were that many Horaces still around in the 1970s, just like these days. If you see an Ethel or a Phyllis,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: you're you're pretty sure that this person is not just out of college.
0: Yeah, yeah. Horace, it's it's not a, it's not a popular name. But then they slap it with wimp. Although this morning, as I was ruminating all of this and thinking, after 40 years, I can finally vent this. Uh, I think Jeff actually kind of makes Horace out to be the hero of the song. I mean, he's this quiet guy kind of going about his business, Then there's a calling and a, a voice that gives him a mission to go do. He works with or tries to get past his social anxiety and shyness. He gets the girl, and at the end, he goes on to live happily ever after. It truly is Joan Collins' hero's journey. I can't think of the guy's name. Joan is...
2: Collins. <laughs> My... Joseph Campbell.
0: That's it. I knew it was a J.C. <laughs> <Joan> Collins. <laughs> I knew it was a J.C. I couldn't think <laughs> of who it was. <laughs> so it really is a Joseph Campbell hero's journey in under, in about four minutes.
2: Yeah, well, except <laughs> yeah. for once he's got himself a wife, the voice comes back again and says, ahem, now go out and get yourself a life.
0: That's the sequel. Just like Star Wars. Right. Luke Skywalker saved the universe. Now? You're going to have to do it again three or four or five more times, whatever happens in the next Star Wars movie.
2: Horace Wimp, the divorcee.
0: Aw. <laughs> I like to think he found a better job. And now that he got laid, also something else I can relate to with Horace, since I couldn't find a girlfriend until I was 27, um, maybe he finally stands up to the boss and says, screw you, and starts up his own thing and becomes a success that way. Possibly. Possibly.
2: We'll just leave it at that, rather than <laughs> my views of reality.
0: Yeah, I, I myself prefer the uh, the Horace happy ending after all the crap he's been through.
1: Got something to say about the Diary of Horace Wimp? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Six two three eight five zero oh, three three seven five. Call now. Was it a hit or was it?
2: Diary of Horace Wimp was the second single released in the UK from the album Discovery on July 21st of 1979 with Down Home Town as the B-side and got all the way up to the number 8 position. However, it was not released in the United States. It was released in Ireland where it got up to number 10. Australia got up to number 48 and Germany got up to number 52. The Diary of Horace Wimp was covered by P. Hux and the Hand, also Explosive Light Orchestra, during live performances, which that I hope there was some plastic covering for the first row. It was sampled by the Brand Flakes for the song Welcome to the Human Race, and also by Crookers featuring Jack the Smoker and Asher Kuno on the song Vice Versa. <laughs>
0: If you donate to the podcast through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash ELO pod, you can get bumper stickers, produce an episode, or for just $1 per episode, $4 a month, you can hear shows a week before they're released to the world. Or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address ELOFTMpodcast at gmail.com.
1: This is Troy White with a thought from Troy. The Diary of Horace Wimp, one of my all-time favorite ELO songs. I love songs about the underdog, especially when the underdog wins. But I hate to be a killjoy, but there's something that's always bothered me about that song. The voice from above, whether it's God or Horace's guardian angel, or even Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, now that voice, it's he's a bit of a bully now, isn't he? I mean, it's like Horace Wimp, get a wife! And then Horace steps out of his comfort zone and he finds a wife, and on his wedding day, that voice says, Horace Wimp, get a life! I mean, come on man, what's he gonna say to Horace next? Horace Wimp, get a knife to kill your wife. And so then what? Horace Wimp becomes the next OJ Simpson? I mean, if Horace wants to stay in his comfort zone, he should be able to. In the words of that wise philosopher, Dr. Sheldon Cooper, from the Big Bang Theory, why would I want to leave my comfort zone? They're called comfort zones for a reason. Amen, Sheldon. So, Horace, you stay right in that comfort zone and someday you may end up like Captain Jean-Luc Picard on that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where he thought he had died and he met Q and Q gave him a chance to relive the biggest mistake he had ever made. Well let me tell you something, Jean-Luc Picard stayed in his comfort zone that time and things turned out very well for instance, Jean-Luc Picard. So. Stay in that comfort zone, Horace. Attaboy. You stay right there. This has been a thought from Troy. Like it, hate it, what does Madeline think?
2: I liked the song. I liked the song. I like the song. I like the song. Ah.
1: I like the song. Wow, she liked it.
0: Taste the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash pod. Next week, episode 080, Last Train to London.
1: Got something to say about a Beatles ripoff of... <laughs> no, we won't do that. <laughs> Got something to say about mm.